2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. Are we starting the podcast now? Or? Oh, we've been on the podcast, my brother. <laughs> Yo, welcome to the Death Alive podcast. I'm Richard Young, and today's podcast is something I promised you all the way back in episode two, and I did not deliver. I lied. Um, I said I was going to follow up with Morgan and Tyler together, but there was like three episodes in between then and now, but I did it. We have it. Uh, it's probably important for you to go and listen to the first two episodes. If you, you probably can't just jump in on this one, but this is a follow up to uh, to Morgan and Tyler's story. Uh, once again, there is uh, material subject matter in here that is probably not appropriate for younger ears. Um. But that being said, I'm just really, really excited, like I've been every week, for you guys to hear this episode. There is so much uh, life in it. There's so much forgiveness in it. It's it's really good. Um, I will have some news coming up, like I teased last episode, but I don't have it now. Uh, But all aboard, enjoy this episode, be blessed. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Yo, Richard, are you about to do the podcast? outside people thought that I was a pretty good person um and I looked we'll just use the word perfect even though obviously I, I didn't but on the inside I felt 
like trash because I knew about my sins in the dark, the mm-hmm. porns. Am I allowed to say that on this podcast? Let me, check, so our, let me check with the people. Are we allowed to say the porns? <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to say the porn. <sighs> okay. So prior to Romans 6 changing my life, on the inside, I felt super dirty, but on the outside, <laughs> most people saw me as polished and very clean. And then Romans 6 happened, and I realized that God also sees me, not by the outside, but by the inside, as holy, blameless, and above reproach. He calls me righteous and has set me free from sin. So that, that to me, was when everything changed, because I started to believe that that God saw me the way the Bible says that he sees me, which is holy and righteous. And then also being free from sin means I'm not a slave anymore. Like if the Bible says that, then I'm not a slave. So it's just full of hope and beautiful gospel about my identity. So I feel like you probably already said all of that in your first podcast. You think so? Yeah. So how did your life change? Like, in what tangible way were you different? All right, who's running this podcast here? No, I, I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, you were one way, and then you were what way? Okay, I was a uh, – I used to beat myself up all the time about never being enough. Okay. And then Romans 6 happened, and I knew that – I never have to beat myself up again because Jesus took a beating so that I could be whole and healed and free. So I don't know, like how, how did that manifest itself in your life? I've never had to beat myself up again and I'm free. Like this is the thing in the last podcast where we talked about guilt and shame can never change you. So I used to beat (laughs) myself up and try super hard to not be a slave. And then I realized I don't have to beat myself up because I'm solid in him. He says he has set me free and it has actually changed the struggle. Like the struggle is not a sign of life. The struggle is a sign of death. And Mm. now I'm alive and I don't struggle, but also my life is different. Like I'm not trying not to sin. But also, if you look at my life, I'm way more willing to just open it up and be like, yo, check my search history. Like, yo, follow me in and out of every day and see how I live my life. Because in not struggling, because I trust in Jesus' victory, the Spirit actually is able to work in and through me. So it wasn't freedom from... Okay, it you used to think if I get over this thing, I'll be free. If I get over it. Yeah, no, I did. I believe that you wouldn't be free till Jesus comes. Yes. So, so many people like you just referenced an old sermon by a very famous pastor that says the struggle is a sign of life. And that message, like people cling onto it because they're always struggling. And so in order to not be discouraged, they're, they're like, oh, the struggle is a sign of life. Um, and that means I'm, I'm, I'm okay because if I stop fighting this thing, then that would just mean I was dead. 
but because I hate it and I'm struggling, that means I'm, I'm cool. And we believe that the Christian life is the next chapter, Romans 7, 14 through 25. Right. Right. But you found that that was true. Psych. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I read them straight through and I realized it's saying Romans 6, this is who you are. You are free. And then Romans 7 is like, remember, this is who you used to be. And then Romans 8 is like, so now live like this. And I was like, oh, oh, that changes everything. <coughs> you were like, oh, bet, bet, bet. Bet that I'm free from the porns. Okay, so if anybody else has questions about that, um, we can go into it. Um, but so that we ended, I went back and I listened to those podcasts and now they've been a long time since we recorded those mugs, but we finished wow. Morgan, we finished yours uh -huh. and we actually went into the story of that September, the last weekend of September and all that exciting stuff. But we finished Tyler's. I don't even think we had gotten to August yet. Oh. We, had we had just gotten to, um, I would have been cool if my wife left me. Oh, okay. So to catch you up to where Morgan is. Oh, yeah. And I'm probably not going to be, the mic's probably not going to pick you up sitting all the way back there. I know. I was just I'll about to say that. I thought you were going to be talking to her. No, I'm actually, this was all the setup to say, I'm not going to talk to Morgan at all for this whole podcast. <laughs> no. Um, so get us to where Morgan is at here. And I'm okay. talking about August into sep into early september sure yeah, yeah yeah so i you mentioned this how i called you after preaching this week at this my dad's church and um realizing that morgan was going to like didn't want to be with me mm -hmm. and you were like oh they're gonna get divorced for sure for so sure. two weeks later we had already planned for the team to come through lincoln just like just to hang out what is the team for anybody listening to this thing? And they're just like, yeah, they keep talking so, about this team. I don't know what that means. So around a year ago, I started hanging out a lot with the love reality tour, uh, the love reality ministry and, and kind of being a part of that team. Now Morgan and I are both a part of it. And that's why we live down here in Hawaii. But um, yeah, so back then it was just a few people and they were going to be kind of all around Lincoln and decided to meet up there. It's like a little hub. We we're going to get together and just encourage one another, and, um, pray, praise, testify of God's goodness. Um, so this was two weeks after preaching at my dad's church. And, uh, you know, there was a whole bunch of stuff that went down because we were going to maybe try to have some meetings and people come and meet at the, the college. There's a Christian college called Union College in Lincoln. And uh, we were going to try to meet there, and it got shut down. So, yeah, I just remember we were picking random places to meet up. Um, we met up in a coffee shop one night, last second, just found an upper room that they let us use for free. Um, we met in somebody's house a couple times. We met in a smaller church just outside of town. Um, and it was amazing. There'd be like 20 people there and it was just so awesome. Like I was on cloud nine, right? 
And uh, I remember the weekend before I literally told people I would go to church and I was like, literally, if you want your life to be changed, you have to come to these meetings. And they were like, okay, all right. And I was like, I promise you it'll change everything. So, you know, like a handful of people came through and sure enough, I mean, I don't know if you're ever going to interview Annabelle, but you should get her on this. She was like, first night, just like in tears, like, oh, this changes everything. So all this stuff is happening, and you got there on Friday night. Um, but, but yeah, Morgan was still very much not vibing at all. Yeah, so how did you, you said you're on cloud nine, but your wife is is not kicking it. And I like, I don't know what if we went into this that much in, in Morgan's podcast, but when I got there on Friday, uh, our friends, Jayla and I, like we had to link up with somebody else. And then we met up with you and the rest of the members of the, of the squad. And, and you were just like, Morgan's not going to come hang out with tonight. She's not going to be there. And I was just bummed. I was like, Oh, cause this whole weekend is about her pretty much kind of <laughs> like, that's why we're here. Um, and no, how were, but you were still feeling ship shapely. Yeah. Because you know, that two weeks before the big shift for me then was that God was like, if Morgan's going to leave you for who you are now, will you still be faithful? Like, am I still enough for you? And I just, I remember like when he asked me that question, it was an obvious yes. Like it, it's just like he presented it with that to me at that moment. And I was like, yes. Mm. And from then the spirit just settled it in my heart that I was good. And so then I was like, I mean, I'm just on cloud nine. I'm just going to worship God and be super pumped. And I'm praying for Morgan every day. But um, I mean, it has like, whether or not she gets down with it has nothing to do with who I am and how I'm doing when it comes to God. And so I was pumped. Because here's the deal. Tyler's house was not built on some sand, which would have been his happiness and his peace mm. and his stability built on me and our mm. marriage. If that were the case, Tyler would have been all up in his feelings because I was miserable. And because I was pushing him away and everyone else away. And because I didn't even like the gospel message they were sharing. But because Tyler was built on a firm foundation, he was built on the rock. Mm. He was not shaken by my storm. He was not shaken by the storm of our marriage falling apart. He was good because he was settled on the truth. And what the truth is, is that God's peace cannot be taken from him. It cannot be removed. So he was good throughout the times that it seemed like outside looking in, he shouldn't have been good for. But that's why we don't build ourselves up on the foundation of another person. Like, I am not Tyler's peace. Our marriage is not Tyler's peace. Tyler's peace, my peace comes from our God first and foremost. And then like our relationship, our marriage is like this great addition. Like I love it, but that's not what, that's not what we're rooted in. Yeah. Uh, 
100%. Great. It's but I can say that now. At the time, I was like, get me out of here. <laughs> I hate this message. <laughs> it's pretty, it's not easy to say this about circumstances, um, but I think a lot of people can get to the point where they say, yeah, okay, my circumstances and my experience, my foundation is not those things. But it's a different level when it's your partner, yeah, your, your husband or wife, your spouse. Like we tend to live at the expense of our spouse big time and what yeah. they think and say about us. It means a lot. Yeah, because for our whole lives, pretty much, and maybe it's changing a little bit now, but we're fed this thing from society that we have to meet somebody to complete us. There's like our soulmate. There's somebody out there. When we meet them, we'll just know and we'll be full and it'll just be magical. And for the rest of your lives, you share that. And that's, that sounds good. Like that sounds like a beautiful magical Disney moment, but it is in fact a lie because God did not create me as a half complete person. He did not create Tyler as a half complete person. And that some, someday in Lincoln, Nebraska, we would meet each other. And then finally we would be whole because we would be together. He created me whole. He created Tyler whole. And so we have to start changing the way we talk about ourselves and relationships mm -hmm. and the way that we like, like like john one when it says that basically it's just this whole thing about jesus being the word and then like you have colossians one or two that also talks about jesus being first like jesus is first and john one talks about is the word but also through him comes all life nothing mm -hmm. is created apart from him so i'm whole she's whole but not just because human beings are inherently whole on their own yeah but because we were created by the author of life himself mm -hmm. and in him we are whole mm -hmm. and so when we understand that it's like i'm already whole because i'm connected to my creator like he is my life and now he lives in me and so the very purpose for which I was created, which is to be loved and become love, is mm. fulfilled. I'm loved by him, and now I can become love. And that's the only way. There is not another order, and you can't exclude him from the picture. So, I so, so there's, I want you to talk to me about these two lines that we hear all the time. Um, one is from an old famous movie, it's probably not famous anymore, but there's this line in the movie Jerry Maguire where he, uh, he has this horrible interaction with this girl, but they're really in love and he comes into where she's in this book club and there's like 10 women in the room and he looks at her and he says, you complete me. And all of the women in there start crying and they're like, this is the best man of all time. He's like, you complete me. And then the other line is, I can't live without you. And that's not famous from a movie. That's just famous from our culture. Yeah. I can't, I can't live without you. And you complete me. Um, are you saying that 
those are whack tracks in the studio? Or is that, are those lines <laughs> whack? So, what's amazing about both of those statements is they're 100% true if I'm talking to God. Oh. Like God completes me and Her I fall. can't without him. But they are 100% false in saying it to anybody else. And it's really unfair to put that on somebody because... It's super unfair. They super can't, manipulative. Yeah, super manipulative. I can't live without you. When you think about it, I can't live without you is mad selfish. Super. <laughs> it's not about you. It's about me being able to live. And that's why I need you. Yeah. So yeah. I can live. It's, it's a out. miracle to survive till we met, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's crazy. So this whole thing is happening, uh, Tyler, and... Saturday. Um, so you, and y'all talk about everything that went down Saturday in Morgan's podcast, right? Yeah, I just want to know your feelings as maybe we can just skip all the way to Saturday night. Like she goes back sure. in that room. What were you thinking? And afterwards, when you went into that room, because I've heard her whole thing talk yeah. to me about that that moment. Yeah. So if you guys haven't heard that day and how everything went, listen to Morgan's podcast, but. For me, when she goes into that room, I know like she talked about just this beautiful experience where the spirit just spoke to her and, and showed her the lie she was living from and started loving on her and she just breaks down in tears. And there, her and Eddie are there crying. Well, meanwhile, I'm out in the living room literally praying furiously. Um, like I was pacing back and forth in the kitchen. I don't know if you remember this. I was pacing back and forth in the kitchen um, my phone, everybody else that was there that knew what was going on, like Drew texted me the sweaty smiley emoji. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Jonathan's there in the room, another guy from the team, and he like had to go to the bathroom. He was so nervous. And I'm like praying. And literally, I remember in my mind playing the scene out where she comes storming down the hall and maybe, you know, flips me off on her way out the kitchen and slams the door okay. behind her. Because had that gone wrong, that's exactly what, like, am I wrong? Yeah. Nightmare so, scenario. Yeah, and so I'm just praying, like, Jesus. Like, I'm, I'm, like, seeing that, like, it's, like, do or die right now. And I'm just, like, Jesus, right now, just, like, break through, break through, in Jesus' name, like, break the chains, you know, like, speak louder. And I'm just praying so hard. I look over at Christian and he's just like this. I just did a very like smooth wink, by the way, to anybody on the podcast. Just a very calm, collected wink. And uh, I, didn't know, me. I didn't know it was happening. And this GIF, I think our culture, like now we think in GIFs, but it's <laughs> the, the GIF of Michael Scott coming out of the office his office and he's like it's happening it's, it's happening, happening. <laughs> and i remember i i started doing my i'm gonna ask this person a question so they could like tell their story to the whole room and so and i don't know we get in these situations i'm like all right i'm taking over and i started talking to christian and i was like christian tell us your story and christian's talking and i was i didn't really know what was happening and then i saw you pacing and i noticed that eddie was gone it didn't. I didn't put two and two that to Ed that Eddie went over and grabbed Morgan, yeah, and is now they're no longer with us. 
<laughs> and when when I did, I was like, it's happening. Oh no. And so I look at you and you're just like like you're just Did we pray like, together? No. Did you come over and pray with me? Maybe, but I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Probably said, not. No, maybe. <laughs> so we were praying hard. So then when Eddie came and grabbed me and was like, she's free, bro. I was just like, what does that even mean? Like, what does that even mean that she's free? Like, for me, I remember there was a moment that I received the truth and I was like, everything's going to be different from here on out. But it was still a very long, like drawn out um, process, essentially, of the spirit revealing to me all of these things that I thought I knew and like turning them over. And so everything for me had been like very much still like this growth, right? In spirit. And so then I was like, so what does that mean? Like, what does it mean? She's free. And I go in the room and she's crying and I'm like, okay, this is different than what I expected. And she throws her arms around me. And then I remember Eddie saying a few things to me that just like hit as far as the gravity of how dramatically Morgan was different already, hmm. which was that one, Eddie was like telling her something like, um, you're, oh, he told me you don't need to walk on eggshells anymore. And you're like, yeah, right, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, what are you saying? You can't say this in front of her. <laughs> Watch your mouth. <laughs> Like the eggshells under my feet at that moment were like crumbling. Watch your mouth. She's yeah. right there, bro. Yeah, like <laughs> you're gonna get me in trouble. And uh, and yeah, I, she just nodded her head, and I was like, "What? This is different." And then he told her, "And like you're gonna listen to what Tyler has to say sometimes because he'll see things that you don't." And she nodded again, and I was like what then i started getting emotional i was like what is happening and then you know the rest of the night goes on and morgan goes out into the room people are coming in like congratulations and we've been praying for you we're so happy and i'm like oh no like you're just you're just telling her that we all thought there was something wrong and because i'm so used to like morgan would be like what do you mean you're praying for me you guys are the ones that are all jacked up and living like terrible lives like you're the one addicted to the porns well and uh, <laughs> it was true it was true um yeah and so everybody coming in and i was just like still nervous and every time she was just crying and hugging these people that you know hours before she was saying that she hated them and like they made her uncomfortable and all this stuff and i was just like this is crazy so then when she came out into the room and Eddie told our story to everybody and she just stood there and was like, it's true. I was just in awe. I've never, ever seen somebody one minute physically ill and visibly uncomfortable in a room. Um, and then the next minute, completely heart open, um, forgiving, all of that. I have never seen the like. I have oh, yeah, never seen it. I have never seen it. And when Eddie came out, first of all, he grabbed you for you to go back there. And I'm just like, yo, this is a beautiful moment. I'm getting super emotional. Um, and then he's like, Richard, go back there. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, 
And I'm like, because I'm just like, I'm not believing this thing because he's saying she's free. And I'm like, no, I mean, no. And I go back there and Morgan, you're crying. You're hugging Tyler. And I was like, I love you, Morgan. And you were laughing, crying. And you said, I hate you, Richard. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, this this is something. (laughs) And then I was like, kind of like, I think we mentioned this before. You're like so precious that we just like set you back on the shelf to be free (laughs) by yourself for a little bit. And so we went out of the back room or we left the back room and Tyler's just like, just like a big old smile, like walking around big old, like tear stained smile. And, uh, Jonathan is, preaching Roman the end of Romans 5 which is this very intricate idea of being in Adam 1 and then being in the second Adam which is Jesus and he's got like the board out and he's and there's people all there like jotting stuff down in like this series but then everything is just like we're now in the twilight zone and uh Eddie brings Morgan out. And And we were singing death was arrested. Death was arrested. And I have not cried like that since like my abuelita's funeral, like in 2005 or six, like that was the last time I cried, but it was completely different. And Tyler, you were crying like Eddie, Eddie cries when someone just, says they love Jesus so he's gone and then we all look over and Jonathan so what was your reaction when you saw Morgan did you see Jonathan cry no I didn't I didn't I don't really remember anything happening in that room except for Eddie speaking but no so you can speak on yeah that was because I was still like is this happening but then I remember me and Jonathan locked eyes and he just started shaking his head and then his mouth started doing that thing that you do and you're about to start crying where you lose control of your jaw and it's going side to side and stuff. <laughs> and his, his tears started filling his eyeballs. And I think as we were looking at each other, it was like everything replayed back to when I called him in just at the end of myself and just this broken, helpless little boy making big mistakes and making a mess of my marriage. And then over the course of the year, everything that had happened and the way that he had encouraged me and the way we had prayed together for Morgan and the way that he had encouraged me to love Morgan. And then for him to see her and look at me and to know what happened, it's like all of that just flashed through my mind at once. And I lost it. I was just like, that's when I like, that's when it sunk in what a miracle we had just witnessed was. Yeah. And we had both been praying super hard for our wives, probably for the, like, I remember late July, early August, we talked and we're like, you know, like we really want our wives to be free. Like, can we pray about it every day? And I don't, it was both of us were like, yeah, we're going to do this thing. And so we started praying 
Um, and it was just like this battle, like we're given our authority to God, do your thing, break these chains. We know you want to. And that had been happening. Like everybody that had really walked with you for that year and a f- couple months was almost everybody was in the room. And it was just this crazy moment where, um, and one day when I tell the, maybe when we get Natalie on here and she tells her story, like it's all connected. And so pe- people, the other, someone put on a comment on Instagram, if I only uh, talk to people with, that are related to the Morrisons uh, for this podcast. <laughs> uh, but the truth is like, the way that God has worked this out, it's like this streamlined story all starting with God's faithfulness and him revealing his love to other people. And through years, that has come down to where we're at, where where we were at on September, I don't know if it was 28, September 28, 2019. And we're all there at that room and if you think about all of the things that have happened to get us to here, it's a miracle. And so I can't, yeah, it's changed my life. Like you guys' story is like, my life is not changed if it's not for that. So yeah, I want to talk about it. I'm going to talk to some people about it. They probably were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. So, um, the reason we want to talk about it is to glorify our God, obviously, to be like, this is what he's done. This is my story from death to life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like that's all good. And that is a huge motivation just because we're so excited and we're living from this overflow. And so we just can't help but talk about it. We literally can't help but every single time we're together, talk about it and replay it because it's so exciting. But I think the reason why we want to get on this podcast, the reason why Richard, you want to even have this podcast is to share these stories because yes, they're exciting, but because they are like literally the gospel in real life today. Mm. I grew up as a Christian, not really knowing what it looked like to live like Paul. I had no idea what it meant to like, actually be a disciple. I had no idea. I thought that, like Tyler was saying, I thought that I would have to wait until Jesus came to like actually live the way he wanted me to. And so me working was me earning eventually getting to heaven. So me trying to be like him was what I needed to do to be in heaven. But we share these stories and we talk about these things because the newness of life happens now. Hmm. Like, yeah, eventually we'll have bodies that match what we've been given, that will match this Holy Spirit that we've been promised, that we've given, that we've been given as a promise for what is to come. It's our engagement ring. And so, yeah, eventually we'll have these bodies and we'll match up with the spirit that we have, but newness of life happens on this earth. You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to hope for it. You don't have to pray for it. Like it, it is now. It's Mm. been done. It actually was 2000 years ago. Mm. And so we just live in belief of what's been done. And so we share these stories just to be like, 
this stuff is real. <laughs> like how I shared at the end of my um, talk with you, Richard, mm -hmm. just like the woman at the well, and she goes back to the village and she's like, you guys have to listen to me. Like this man has told me everything I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And like, she's just so excited that this guy just called her the heck out mm -hmm. because she's free from those things. And she's like, mm -hmm. you have no idea what he's done for me. And like, that is just what I want to say to people. Like you have no idea what he's done for me, but you have no idea what he's done for you. Like you are free from your stuff. So if there's somebody listening who is like stuck in their pain, who's stuck in their rejection, who's stuck in their abusive past, who's stuck in whatever it is, or if there's somebody like Tyler who's stuck in their addiction, who's stuck in their like messing up their marriage over and over and over again, that is not what Jesus died for you to live like. He didn't try for you to think that you're a Christian. And as long as you're a Christian, even if your life is messing up, praise God that he's there and he loves you and he forgives you. No, praise God that he has already delivered you from those things and you're just living stuck in the lie. And so this is why we want to talk about it. Because there is freedom from these things. And we as a Christian church have done a disservice. And that disservice is making everyone feel like they have to work for freedom from those things. But Jesus has already done it. And so we live from that. We live from belief. He did it. I believe it. And so my, my life will never be the same because it is no longer I who live, but Jesus lives. And so this is why we're talking about it. This is why we're on this here podcast <laughs> for like, what is it? Midnight for you? I don't even know what time it is there. No, but. it's one thirty. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that was just like, as you guys were talking, that was just weighing on me. Like, we're not talking about it. I'd just be like, oh, remember that time? No. Like, this is the gospel. It's crazy. It's not just for the Bible time, people. It's for us. <laughs> like, what? Oh, my gosh. Like, this is the same thing as the blind man being given sight. And I would always just think, wow, I can't imagine what it would be like to watch that miracle. Like that is just so crazy. No, I lived it. Like I was given new eyes, literally. Like I opened my eyes and I could see my husband for who he really was. Like I could look at people that for years I had held a grudge over, like the people that I talked about in our, in our podcast, yeah. which, like these people who hurt me to like a, a level I wasn't even able to recognize. Um, like these people who created a very um, sheltered Morgan and these people who like really hurt me. And so I always saw them through that lens. I always saw these, these people through the lens of my pain. Now I literally see them different. Like I can look at these people who I literally said, I hate them. Now I look at them and I say, no, I love them. I don't like what they did to me. But I forgive them because the forgiveness of Jesus lives in me. And he's been kind enough to give me his forgiveness that I get to live out. Um, so, yeah, I literally, I know, I not only do I know what the miracle looks like, I know what it feels like. And that's not just for me. That's for every single one of us because we are all his children. Um, and he's a good father. And so it's just like I cannot stress enough how much... God has done for us that we don't even understand and that we're not living from belief from. And I just, I won't have it anymore. <laughs> like, like, I won't have it. I won't have it. It's just, it's not going to happen anymore. If we say that we believe in Jesus, we need to believe in Jesus or we need to stop saying, because I don't like this half, half business. 
Mercy. So, Morgan, when... I don't like this half-half business. No. When did you know, oh, I've completely forgiven this dude? Um, I realized that when I confessed it. Mm. Like, as soon as I realized that it had controlled me for so long, and I also realized that it was a lie... Um, yeah, as soon as I confessed it and as soon as I, um, just like repented from that thing and I just agreed with what Jesus actually said about me and what Jesus actually said about Tyler, I just realized like it, it literally was in that moment of just like, Oh my word, what a crazy thing I was living with because what I was living with wasn't even real. It was a lie. Mm-hmm. Like it. Yeah, and so it was just in that moment I realized, oh, yeah, no, we're good here. Yeah, 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 no, no. I don't even have to actively forgive him. He just Hmm. is forgiven. Like, that's such a... We were talking about forgiveness today, and the parable of the... Jesus tells the parable about an ungrateful servant. Matthew 18. What is it? 19? 18. 18. Um, And so... if. You tell me if this is accurate to what you were just communicating, but essentially it was this king or this guy who's owed a ton of money, like lifetimes of work from this dude. And the guy comes in, he's supposed to pay, and the guy's like, you're forgiven, it's all good. He's like, wow, thanks. And goes on his way, finds somebody that owes him like a day's wage. I'm getting these numbers wrong, but holds it over him, has him thrown in jail, beats him up for it. And, uh, then the, the first guy hears about it, calls him and is like, why would you hold this over somebody else when I forgave you such a great debt? And it's this parable of essentially it describes a realm of like a, a reality of forgiveness that once we are forgiven a debt and we understand that we're forgiven for our wrongs, like our debts, that when we live from that, we forgive others. Mm. Like it's a natural thing. But if we don't understand the debt that we were forgiven, we will naturally not be able to extend forgiveness to others Mm -hmm. and hold even lesser debts over their heads because we never understood that we were forgiven a greater debt ourselves. So this reality of forgiveness that we live in when we're in Christ is what I hear Morgan describing where it's like in the minute she confessed and understood that she had something that needed forgiveness is the minute that she also forgave everyone who had done her wrong mm-hmm. because she entered the reality of forgiveness. And so that's just wild. In that sense, now that all of this has happened, would you say that it's hard to forgive? No, 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 no. Okay, let me tell you what's hard, if like to use, to use that description. Um, what's hard is like explaining it to people, if I'm being completely honest, because it sounds crazy. Like what you're talking about, mm. um, it sounds crazy. I would say that, okay, so if we want to just like get into the nitty gritty of forgiveness, um, there was something that Tyler 
um, revealed to me. Oh yeah, are we going into that? Isn't that something you wanted to get into? I mean, we could talk about it. <laughs> Actually, okay. hold on. Before we talk about that, yeah, let's talk about. We're going to talk about that the next morning, Tyler. Oh yeah. Okay. She's not different, is she? Like what, what? I mean, like she's not different from the new change. Oh, I was like, oh no, she was still very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah no, I, I remember I woke up at like six in the morning on Sunday. We didn't go to bed till what two, something yeah, like that. We, 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 <laughs> we went to the highway diner, you know, <laughs> as you do when someone's I, life is completely changed. As you do, as you do. Hash browns. Mm. Yeah, I woke up at six, and I remember thinking like was that real did what happen like is does it last overnight <laughs> and i like looked at morgan and then she like woke up and looked at me and she like smiled and i was like this is new this is nice okay you're this. pleasant <laughs> and i was like i can't believe like i can't remember i said something like i'm just so happy and she goes me too and I was like, oh, it's the same. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that day, I know she didn't feel well. She felt physically sick, but she was a completely different person. Like She was calling people, telling them our story. And I had dreamt of doing that all year, but knew that I couldn't because, well, you could probably explain that. Who'd you well. call, Morgan? Who'd you, who'd you tell? Um, first person was my sister. Yeah. And we had this very beautiful conversation and we cried about it. And um, it's interesting. I, so Tyler just briefly mentioned that I felt sick. I felt so sick, like crazy headache. I felt super nauseous, very tired. Like I just felt, yeah, so horrible. And so I call my sister, I'm telling her the story and I explained to her how sick I'm feeling. And she was like, yeah, Morgan, because your body is actually able to let go of all of the toxic stuff that you've been holding on to for years and years and years. And like now that Dang. this veil has been lifted, you realize and your body is like revealing the ramifications of the lies that you were living under. And I was like, that is so true. That is exactly what's happening. Because it, it was like, I could literally like feel in my body where I had been holding on to things, even though I didn't know it at the time. And so what's crazy is though, those things were lies. Like they weren't real. It was not a true reality. It was literally a lie that Satan told me that I believed that my body just followed suit. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a crazy thing. So um, yeah, I feel super sick, but I call her. We had this beautiful conversation. And then I called my very good friend, Azriel, mm -hmm. and we talked about it. And who else? Some friends from Creighton from um, graduate school. I literally, I just, I just wanted to call everybody. Oh, My we parents, went on a world tour. Yeah, world tour, for sure. Like hour, hours, hours and hours on the phone for the next several weeks. So you went from pink sparkly bubble over here to TMI all the way over here. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Um, and that was just all I wanted to do was to tell people this crazy thing that God had done. Um, and 
that's pretty much how we lived for the next however many months. I mean, so, how many months has it been? <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. A year later, here we are. So I, uh, I'll set up this, this next segment by saying this. I was proctoring a PSAT uh, for my, uh, my former employer. And I was, and I got a text from Tyler and he said, I could probably go back and read it. I don't want to, but it was like, <laughs> I haven't told you everything. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and I'm like, how you mean? And he was like, uh, it wasn't just the porns. And I was like, no, and I'm getting nervous and I'm pacing while I'm like these these kids are taking this test and I've got my phone out and I'm just pacing. And he was like, I uh I Snapchatted somebody. That was that was the thing. And he's like, I'm trying to figure out if I should tell Morgan. And I was like, yeah, no. The answer is no. Yeah, <laughs> Do totally. not. No need, my mans. And I, was, and I was like, why would you? So we're doing that whole, like, check the motive thing. Why would you? And whatever. And then I was driving up to Lincoln that weekend. Mm-hmm. And I think Tyler and I, I think we must have been talking on the phone because I don't text and drive. <laughs> Um, but he was like, I told her and I was planning to stay at your place. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah. like, uh, should I stay at another place? <laughs> and he was like, no, you're good. Uh, and I was like, why? <laughs> that, that was, that was the general feeling was why? Yeah. So, I relate uh, to that. Yeah. So, uh, Tyler, what was putting this heaviness on you man okay so we talked about this in your interview with me right like yeah. i already had said oh yeah we talked that you we yeah you said that you had done Wait. it twice by the way i learned from the podcast <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh okay i don't know i, I listened to one of your creation i guess i was like laying in bed and i watched your instagram clip and and then i finished it and I rolled over and Morgan goes, twice? <laughs> I was like, uh, good morning. All right. Nice. Anyways, okay, so you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody has already heard from back what happened. And so what's crazy is I remembered early on Morgan asked me, is there anything else? And I knew, well, I didn't have time to process all Early on, like when you guys were fighting in, yeah, in yeah, fall yeah. 2018. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, before I could process anything, um, no, just jumped out of my mouth. And I remember immediately afterward, I was like, why did I like, and I didn't feel guilty about it, but I was like, that makes no sense. Like I, I'm free. And now I live in a way that I'm not, I don't lie, but why did I say no? And I'm praying about it because I'm like, and I just remember all the spirit told me was, as I was praying, is that basically if she leaves, 
she'll leave you without the added pain of what that would do to her. And if she stays, she's going to get free and you can tell her then. Oh. And I was like, okay, like that makes sense because I had already, we had talked about this. I had already told her about my struggles with porn right. because I felt guilty. And I thought by bringing her in, it would absolve me of guilt. But again, that's like saying, I need you and I can't live without you. Putting something on her that she has never been meant to carry. And so I could see how my motives were selfish at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And this time it was like, no, if she's going to leave you, she's going to leave you <clears throat> with enough pain as it is. Yeah, you and don't I'll, need to add this whole other layer. Right. Which, I'll be honest, was a really hard thing for me to accept. Um, and there were many days right away after that I felt like, yeah, I just felt it seemed wrong. Hmm. Um, and I remember I'd heard somebody say like, yeah, anyways, it just was hard. But then I forgot about it. Like, I legitimately forgot that that had ever happened. So fast forward a year and Morgan's free. And I literally had not crossed my mind in like six, seven, eight months. And all of a sudden I looked at her one day and it just came into my head. And I was like, oh, shoot. And then I, and she noticed it right away. And she was like, what's going on? What are you thinking about? And I was like, mm, nothing. <laughs> and I, I think immediately I felt the spirit pressing, like, you need to tell Morgan now. Like, you need to be open about everything. And I didn't want to ruin it. Like, Morgan was so happy. She was on cloud nine in the spirit and just so peaceful. And, like, she could see me for who I am. And I just remember thinking, like, I know that she's going to be okay and she's going to forgive me, but I just didn't want to cause it. Like, I promised myself I didn't promise myself. Basically, I just knew that now that the spirit lived in me, I would never hurt Morgan the way that I hurt her before. And now it was like I had to hurt her all over again, I felt like. And I just, I hated it and it didn't make sense. And I just knew that I needed to tell her, but I didn't want to. So I kept trying to hold on to this thing about like, oh, you know, like God told you you didn't need to tell her, blah, blah, blah. And deep down, I knew I needed to. And uh, so, yeah, that's why I was texting you and just wanted to make sure my motives were pure. It wasn't from any kind of guilt. And I knew I wasn't feeling guilty. Um, I knew I wasn't condemned. I knew that that wasn't who I was anymore. Um, And it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But she was reading it like a book. She was just like, you need to tell me whatever's going on. And so, yeah, I eventually... Yeah, so um, it was very apparent that something was going on, and he was just like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm supposed to tell you. And I was like, okay, well, don't worry about it then, I guess. Uh, he was like, well, you should pray about it. And I was you like, you should pray about it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was nervous, okay? <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, what the heck? And so I did. I went for a walk and I was just praying. I was just like, God, I don't know. I don't have any idea what this is, but I know that it's making me very uncomfortable. Like I'm feeling very nervous. It feels like very familiar territory. Um, 
and God was very chill about the whole gig. He was just like, yeah, no, you're good. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, and I hear that, and I receive it, I do. But it's just that I'm nervous, and I'm not so sure. And God was like, yeah, well, you are who I say that you are. And so this, whatever Tyler has to tell you, is just a way for you to see how different you are. Like, it's just a way for you to exercise the newness of your heart, because I am loving in you. And I was like, okay, cool. And then like, I felt really good about it. I was like, that all checks out. That sounds good to me. And so we went to dinner with some friends and we drove home and Tyler was like, so did you pray about it? And I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm good. Like God was just like, no, you got it. Like I've got it. And so Tyler proceeds to tell me that it was not just the thorns that um, he had actually been engaging in like cyber cheating is essentially how that breaks down. Very 2019 cheating or 2018 cheating mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and so as he's saying it, I like feel all this very familiar stuff come back to me like this, who are you? Like you're a stranger to me, how could you? And so I'm saying, and I'm like really tensing up as he's saying this to me. And so I'm immediately retreating to, to the Holy Spirit. And I'm just like, what is going on? Whoa, 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 whoa. You said I, I could handle whatever this is. I can't handle this. I don't like what he's sharing with me right now. And then my first question was, how could he do this to me? I never would have done this. I never could have done this to him. And Holy Spirit checked me with, yeah, you could have. And I saved you before you did. Hmm. Because the truth was our marriage was at such a bad spot that I had started to entertain the idea of being with somebody else. Hmm. I started thinking like, what would life be like if I was with somebody else? Or Tyler and I weren't really married. And so while no, I was not engaging in any real conversations, I had started to entertain this. And so Holy Spirit was reminding me like, no, you, you could have, but I saved you before you had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, that's true. But I still can't believe that I asked him, is there anything else you need to tell me? And he said, no, like, how could he have lied to me for all this time? And God came back to me with, if he would have told you, you would have divorced him and you wouldn't have me. Like you wouldn't have this new heart and this new mind that you have because you would have left. And I realized how true that was because I for sure would have gotten those divorce papers signed ASAP if he had told me when I asked him. Um, And so God was just reminding me that this all happened the way it was supposed to because I received it with forgiveness already flowing in me. Like I was receiving what he was telling me, already knowing how washed by the blood of the lamb I am. And because of that, I can extend that same forgiveness to my husband. And now I have a better understanding of what covenant really is because now I know that my God will never, ever leave me or forsake me. 
And when I entered into a covenant marriage with, with Tyler, I was saying the same thing. Like, I will never leave you or forsake you. Um, and so now I understand what that relationship actually looks like. Because now I understand what it is, what life is like with my heavenly father. Like walking with him, talking with him. Now I understand his love. And so because I understand his love, I get to actually love my husband. And so even as he's telling me these horrible things that he did, I'm actually still able to love him because my love for him is not defined by how he treats me and like what he does for me. I'm able to love him no matter what. I'm able to forgive him no matter what. Not because of me, but because of the love and the forgiveness of God that lives in me. And um, so did I like what he was saying? No. <laughs> I was very sad. Um, and I How long did this take? Like, I think you just described something that the Spirit told you over, like, did he tell you that immediately while you're sitting in the car? Yeah, literally, yeah. We're still in the car, and that all happened within the first, like, minute or two minutes after Tyler told me. And so I knew those things. Like, I knew that what he was saying what the Holy Spirit was saying was true, but it still hurt. Like I was still sad. And so that night, um, I, we went to bed, I couldn't go to sleep. And so I went downstairs and I was just like on my knees praying, just like crying because it hurt. Like I didn't, I couldn't believe that there was something else. I thought we had dealt with what needed to be dealt with. I thought we were good. We were these new people. And here we were being pulled back into our, our stuff from the year prior. And I was just so sad that he had done it. And I was sad that our marriage was an even greater lie than I knew it to be. Hmm. And so I was like really sad about all these things. And then I was sad that I was sad because I was like, no, I'm supposed to be this new creation. I was, I'm not supposed to be sad about these things anymore. And I'm just like, so, so wrapped up in, in all of this. And so the next day I contacted Eddie and I was just like, are you free to talk? And he was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm really trying to be, but no, I am not. And so he called me and his first question for me was, why are you sad? And I just said, I'm sad that I'm sad because I don't want to be holding this stuff over Tyler. I don't want to feel torn up about it because I know that that was literally a different person. I know that the Tyler who did those things to me is dead. And I know that he's a new, a new person, new mind, new soul, everything. Mm -hmm. And I know that the person he did it to, the old Morgan that he did those things to is also dead. And so I, I, I can separate it in my mind. Like I know that we are new people from the people who did those things, but I'm still so sad. And um, Jayla got on the phone and she was like, yeah, cause it's sad. <laughs> like yeah. he was your husband and he did those things to you. That's a sad thing. Um, and yeah, it happened to old people that no longer exist, but it's a sad thing. She's like, so you mourn that. Like you mourn the loss of that marriage like it really was not good it was a lie like the whole entire thing was a lie and she was like so you mourn that but you celebrate the new marriage that you have 
and the new life that you have, the new life Tyler has. Um, and so I didn't just like write it off like nothing ever happened. I really did have to mourn this thing that Tyler did. Um, even though I knew that that's not who he is. So I didn't like mourn and hate him in the same way that I did the year prior. Whereas like I could only see him through the lens of my pain. Now it was almost so like sad to me that he was so lost and he was like so desperate to feel like affirmed and whatever else that he was willing to like put our marriage on the line. Um, because that's sad. Like you almost literally like the best thing that ever happened to you. you know I mean? <laughs> so yeah, oh, like that. Um, I was just able to see it completely differently. That does not mean that it was an easy experience for me because it was very sad and it was very difficult. And Richard, I know you and I had several really good conversations about it that were super helpful just for me because the thing is, yeah, I was a new person, but these old tendencies that I had lived with for 20 plus years, um, just wanted to resurface. It was like muscle memory. Hmm. And so this is what the renewal of the mind is right? Like, like we have to recreate, um, our natural tendencies with those of God that live in us now. And so, yeah, it was, when, when I got to your house, when Tyler texted or called me back when I was driving up and said <laughs> that it's cool, I can stay at the house. I was like, word. Okay. And I got to the house and you were cool. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this <laughs> is different. And mm -hmm. then that night we had a bunch of people at your house and it was like just this ministry moment that we'll probably talk about in a later podcast. Mm -hmm. And then the next day after lunch, I think Natalie and the kids, I think Tyler, Natalie and the kids went somewhere and you mm -hmm. and I were just talking Mm -hmm. and then I saw the pain. And there's this thing, like, this happens to me. I, I'm, I know this has happened to Tyler, and this has happened to you. Mm -hmm. Is when our feelings come in, the truth is, is kind of faded. Yeah. And there's like a cover over the truth called your feelings. And I remember I was like, I knew what I believed about this situation and I knew what I believed about Tyler, mm -hmm. but I also knew that you weren't feeling that at all at that moment. And so, because I wasn't feeling that because I just, the feeling, they weren't my feelings. I just wanted to ask you a question about it. Like what's different about this now? And I think yeah. that's what the question was. And we just, you just threw Eddie asking you questions through other people asking you questions. It started to put the truth back into focus. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a, a dead person that hurt me. Yeah. And a dead person that hurt another dead person. Okay. And so truth is having to come into focus. And this happens to me. This happened to me yesterday hmm. where truth had gotten out of focus and I was in my feelings and my wife was just like, bro, and she had to just like, she wasn't feeling it. She was fine. So mm -hmm. she put truth into focus and asked me questions. And then, oh, okay, I see the truth. It happened to me this weekend with Tyler. And Tyler's like, 
putting truth into focus mm-hmm. where my feelings are literally like I'm in physical pain. <laughs> like, like I, cause my feelings are just like killing me. And, yeah. and Tyler's like, bro, bro. And it's happened to Tyler before where, mm-hmm. and my point in all of this is like, this is what the church is. Yeah. yeah. The church can't go with you to your feelings. Like they can feel sad that you're feeling it. And there's a little bit of, yeah, brother, I love you. But we don't go there and just chill with you in your feelings and say, yeah, this is, you know, who who the flip does Tyler think he is to do that? And just feed into that whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's how we used to live. And that's actually what people tell you to do. Oh, totally. That's what I told people to do. But the church is different. Mm-hmm. We we can't sit around and let you see yourself through your feelings. Mm-hmm. We have to always go back to truth and put truth. One of my favorite preachers is like, I'm not going, either you're going to leave because I just keep going to truth or you're going to be free. Mm-hmm. Like I am not going to let you sit there and I mean, you were already like, you just needed somebody to say, Hey, Morgan, this is true. Right. And it took like two, two and a half days or something like that. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And I just, um, want to speak on just like the, uh, infidelity stuff and just like marriage for a second. So, um, I know that there will be some listeners that will respond to what I'm saying the way I responded, the way old Morgan responded to Jayla. And that is like, how could you allow somebody to treat you like that? Like, how could you allow yourself to be walked all over? Like, get out of that marriage. Um, You should never be treated like that. Because, and I know that people will say those things because I have said those things. My friends, like we've said those things to each other. And I know that that is the attitude surrounding um, relationships, specifically marriage and any sort of um, infidelity. And um, the thing about it is, uh, it is a tough one because... I just am I'm putting myself back in old Morgan position and how I would never listen to anybody speaking on the subject. But I was not walked all over. Um, because in order to be walked all over, like that's insinuating that I was giving things up, that I was um, like giving away a part of myself to another person. Uh, how would you explain being walked all over? I don't, I don't feel like I can put it into words. It's like being taken advantage of. Right? right, taken advantage of. Um, but Tyler was not taking anything from me because I don't live for myself. Mm. So I don't, you can't take anything from me that isn't already overflowing to begin with. So when Tyler did those things and then he told me, it didn't, man, I'm just having a really hard time explaining it. I essentially 
did not define him by those things. In the same way, my God never defines me by any of the things I have done. Like there's nothing that can separate me from his love. There is nothing that Tyler can do to separate himself from my love. Mm -hmm. And what I'm describing is not an earthly relationship. And that's the point. As Mm -hmm. Christians, as many Christs, we don't live in normal relationships. We don't live in like normal societal marriages. We've been given access to something greater. And what that is, is a crazy mystical love. Like Mm -hmm. a love, a divine love that doesn't make any sense. A divine presence living in us that doesn't make any sense. My breath is evidence of the Holy Spirit. Like the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That's a crazy thing. And so our marriage and the love that we have for one another is that same divine love. Because we've accepted it and we've been sealed with it. And so I know what we're describing sounds crazy, but this is like the gift that we've been given. Like this is what Jesus did for us. And this is why he gave us marriage. It's like a little taste of what it's like to be in a covenant, to understand what, like to to get a taste of what his love is for us. Mm. And so um, do I like the things that Tyler has done? Absolutely not. Do I mourn them? And do I have to remind myself that they are not who he is? Sure. But it never for a second um, changes the way I see him and the worth that I know that he carries. And it never for a second made me question if I loved him because I know that he is worthy of love because he was created um, out of love from his heavenly father. Mm. Like God thought of Tyler and he was like, yep, absolutely. He is worthy because I said he is and so I speak him into existence. And so in the same way that God sees him that way, I get to see him that way because I've been given the mind of Christ. And so that is how we get to see everybody. That's how we get to see mm-hmm. like anybody that we love or anybody that we maybe have like not loved. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just a crazy Do these thing. thoughts still come up? You said, do I like it or do I, do you still have to, Remind yourself time to time or how does that work? So like when I found out that it happened twice, like when I heard that little bit on the podcast, there was a second. Which was like last week. Yeah. (laughs) And so there was a second of me just like, uh, like just feeling frustrated that I'm learning something new again. Like I'm learning something about the cyber cheating however long after and that made me angry and then that made me want to position him as a liar and that made me want to like position him and all this old stuff and i like this is like happening in like 30 seconds which is like very fast and so as it's happening i just have to remind myself that what i'm entertaining is a lie and that it's done and that he is loved and he is forgiven and i am loved and forgiven and we're just all good i don't have to like i don't have to try and dig up a dead body and all of its crazy stuff and all of its crazy baggage. Um, And so I had to remind myself in that moment, the true reality, which is the fact that Tyler is just not that person anymore. Mm. So the other thing I'm sure a lot of listeners are thinking is how can you be so sure that he won't do it again? And I know that a lot of people are thinking that because it is everyone's question for me after I tell them this story. Well, how do you know? Like, how are you so sure? 
Um, and I'm sure it's the same way that people interacted with Paul, like after he had his transformation and everyone's like, whoa, how I know you're not going to kill me. Like how, <laughs> I don't know, you've been doing this for a long time. Once. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, how do I know? And it was just like, it was just evidence of his life lived, right? Like he no longer was murdering Christians and he was proclaiming the truth of Christianity. And so I'm sure it was like all these disciples who were in, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, no, he is spreading that good gospel. Like this all checks out. Um, like I know that Tyler is a different person um, in the same way that uh, the disciples witnessed it in Paul, I'm sure, because they experienced it. Like they were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And like Acts 1, it was like this crazy beautiful thing. And so I know they saw Jesus in them, or Jesus in Paul, in the same way that I see Jesus in Tyler. And so there's not a question in my mind about, um, well, here's the thing. Even if Tyler did it again, which would be absolutely ridiculous, like, okay. So this is what I've been thinking while you're talking about this. I don't know when I'm going to put this podcast out, but just today, uh, news came out that Carl Lentz was fired from the Hillsong Church. And... Here's the thing about loving. And I don't know how to explain this because it's, 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 it's two things. There's a huge risk while they're not being a risk at all. Yeah. Meaning like you took Tyler back and said, yeah, we're, you know, I do not hold this trespass against you. I have written it off and I have thrown it away. And then if someone says, well, what if he does it again? Well, what if he does it again? Mm-hmm. Like you don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. You, you can't control it. This mm-hmm. is not a risk-free like, oh, it's risk-free. I know it. I'm good. Yeah. Um, it's not risk-free in that way, but it is risk-free that your house, let's go back all the way to the beginning, is not built on Tyler anymore. Yeah. So if it happened again, it would be very sad for, for sure. Tyler. For sure. It would be very sad for Tyler. Mm-hmm. It would be like he would not have, oh man, this is hard to say. It's not like he would have done something to you. Mm-hmm. He really would have played himself. He really would have been in denial and in complete deception himself. And that is the saddest thing. If we really understand how much God loves us and how we are, like you were saying, you lack nothing. You are complete. The fullness of God was in Jesus and Jesus lives in you. So if somebody steps out on you, um, the saddest part about it is their own deception mm-hmm. is that how that they got lied to and believed the lie so much that it allowed them to break this, this thing. Yeah. So go ahead, Tyler. There's this thing that Jesus, I mean, there's, there's a couple things that Jesus taught that are in play that we're seeing in our lives. Um, and one of them is where Jesus says, like, no one can take my life, 
but the Father has given me the authority to lay my life down and take it back up again. Mm-hmm. And in our culture and society, we don't know how to see things outside of a victim-victimizer relationship. Hmm. Like in everything, there is a relationship of Morgan being a victim and me being a victimizer. And so then when you guys are talking about this and how Morgan is no longer a victim in Christ, um, it often, the language starts to make it sound like, well, I'm the victim. If I'm the one cheating on my wife, like it's sad for me. And that's the shift that listeners might start to take of like, well, they sound like they're trying to make the, the victimizers the victim. And that's, what's the word for that? Um, like gaslighting? Essentially. In, in a way. And I just want to say that this is something that's blown my mind about how Jesus is so, it's incredible what he did. Because Jesus was not a victim. Nobody could take Jesus' life. He laid it down. Hmm. So even though there's this risk of what if they don't appreciate it? And then that risk has been realized in millions of lives over thousands of years. What if they never appreciate it? What if they trample all over? What if they keep living the same way, even though I do this thing for them? And Jesus never did it for that. He did it so that we would know that he loves us that much. Hmm. And so he laid his life down. We did not, we were not victimizers and he was not a victim. And so in the person of Jesus, we see how the label of victim gets removed because he heals people to the point where they can lay their lives down. They can't be taken advantage of because they are love. And we also see how he redeems the victimizer like Paul and myself and actually enables them to be free from the guilt and condemnation of their mistakes when they lived at others' expense. And then be free and actually love people now because he actually suffered the consequence for my sin. And so I just wanted to make that very clear for everybody that as we've been talking about this, um, yeah, just that it's, it's very, very clear that every single bit of deception that I lived from was condemned in the flesh. Hmm. Like every single bit of what I did that was in deception was worthy of death. And that's why Jesus came and died Hmm. so that I could die and live a new life. And it was that Romans six. If you've been baptized with Christ, you've been baptized into his death and resurrection. So going back to the very beginning, what changed? I died Hmm. and I came to life a new creation. And I'm no longer the victimizer that I was living at my wife's expense and anybody else's expense that would interact with me. I now am a new creation. And this is the difference between the forgiveness that Morgan extends now and the forgiveness that Morgan extended before. Forgiveness, I've seen it take two shapes in this world. It's either I forgive you because, listen, I'm broken and I've made a ton of mistakes and we all make mistakes. And that's just saying, listen, like nobody's perfect. And so, like, you know, I'm sorry I made a mistake, but hey, we all do. Which works to an extent until somebody makes a mistake so big that we can't forgive it. 
Hmm. Because it's like, well, you should know better than that. So then our capacity to forgive only goes as far as our ability to make mistakes. Mercy. Like, oh, I've made that big of a mistake, so I can forgive you that big of a mistake as well. Mm -hmm. That's why Tyler wanted me to mess up in a big way so that I could like... Oh, dang, that's true. So I could like finally forgive him for what he did because then I could understand what it felt like to want forgiveness on the same level. Yeah, I remember knowing that. I was like, well, if she cheats on me, like, I'll forgive her. I'm good because I was free. And I was like, but then she'll feel guilty the way I feel guilty. I can give her the gospel and she'll be free. Like, <laughs> twisted in some ways. Twisted. But, I mean, if you think about in the way what we're just talking, like, that's the difference. That's the difference. So that's one type of forgiveness where you can only forgive from the capacity of your own mistakes. The other idea of, and this is real forgiveness, is I was broken and I know what that was like and I'm not anymore either. But I remember when I was broken, when I was broken, God forgave me. And so you think that you're broken, but God will forgive you as well. And he has forgiven you in the person of Jesus Christ. So who am I not to forgive you when I've been forgiven such a great debt? And that's a very different type of forgiveness. Like one says, I'll only forgive you because everybody makes mistakes. So as long as you don't make a big enough one, I'll forgive you. The other one says, I've been forgiven a super huge debt. So how could I not extend it to you? And the thing that actually happens that's different is one leaves you broken, mm -hmm. a mistake waiting to happen. And the other one offers the Holy Spirit and says, here's a new life. And in this new life, God will give you the power to live a life of love hmm. and other-centeredness. And it's actually transformational because it's not broken people welcoming other broken people who can massage each other's backs while they're broken. It's whole people who live in life with the Spirit, inviting other people into wholeness and life and love. And it's an invitation to live the life that you were created to live from the beginning. So it's transformational. It's not just communal. When, when you're speaking, it just reminded me of what Paul says to Titus in chapter three, when he says, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But, when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. He mm. says it to Timothy when he's like, yo, like I was the chief. And God, he gave me this thing. And in no way, like when you're saying we can forgive based on our level of forgiveness or, or of our level of what we've done wrong. Mm -hmm. But the truth is we were just like, like if you listen to Tyler and Morgan's podcasts back to back, I don't know if there's levels of deception but there's, we're talking about two deceived people here. Mm 
We're talking to deceive people. And one manifested itself in this, then the other manifested itself like that. And if you don't have a new heart, <laughs> the sweet little old lady that bakes pies for everybody who doesn't know Jesus, she had, she has the same heart as you did in your deception and as you did in your deception, Morgan. Like, the problem is we need a heart transplant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, the heart transplant reminds me of a comment that somebody said to me the other day. Um, someone I call, someone I know, called me and informed me that um, a mutual friend is going to be probably going through a divorce, and this friend says to me. I just don't think that we as humans are compatible with the idea of marriage that God set out because we live on this earth. Like we just can't do it just Mm -hmm. because of the way uh, the world is. And my first thought was, uh, yeah, because you need a heart transplant. (laughs) Like what you just said, like you're absolutely right. As you are living in this world, it's not, it's not going to work. You're actually incapable mm-hmm. of being in a marriage the way that God intended. But with that heart, heart transplant, you enter into the union that God created it to be. And I see that you're absolutely incapable to do it. Um, I'm not trying to like come for people's marriages. But I do know that until I had the love of Christ and the mind of Christ, I was living at Tyler's expense and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so we were incapable of having true unconditional love for one another until the love was not from our own hearts. Um, It's a dice roll, this marriage thing without being in the spirit. Yeah. I can't believe how... You can't, you're not able to live at somebody else's expense if you don't have this new heart. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I just talked to somebody this last week, same situation that you're talking about. And it's probably a few papers away. They've got most of the papers, but they're a few papers away from it being an official divorce. Mm-hmm. And they are just like, I can only take so much. Oh. And I was like, that's a lie, bro. That's not true. <laughs> you can take it all. And can you imagine if Jesus turned around after the 37th lashing and was like, guys, I can only take can so only much. Take so much. <laughs> People are going to hear that and be like, what? Are you comparing us to Jesus? He's like, I didn't think it was going to be like this, guys. I'm getting whipped. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. I mean, so you're on your own. When the Bible says that we've been given the spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, and it says we've been given the mind of Christ. Divine nature. Second Peter says we've been given access to divine nature. That's pretty cool. That's wild. Divine nature. I and like Peter that. said it. Yeah, Peter he, said it. He hung out with Jesus. So either that is a lie, mm. or I can only take so much. Yeah. Maybe I got those saying the same thing. But you know what I'm trying to say. Like, I have the mind of Christ, and he could take a lot because he was never being taken advantage of. 
he was laying his life down. So because we have his heart and his mind, we can take a whole lot because we lay it down. Mercy. And we lay it down, we lay down from an abundance that we've received from God. He never runs out. So I can take a whole lot. And it's a choice. It's a choice to lay it down. Like Morgan has decided to lay it down. She mm-hmm. does it's not she doesn't owe you forgiveness. Mm-hmm. She doesn't owe you love. She's been loved and so she makes that decision and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I knew everything was good uh, after I that weekend after I left Lincoln. Maybe it was 2 weeks later you guys are in Portland or someplace in the country and somebody put an Instagram live and Morgan, you're in a Sabbath school and you're going in. She's like, and yeah, I also found this thing out. And you're going in about this new thing. That's two weeks old. Yeah. Two weeks where in the flesh, they'll never, you'll never forget it. You'll never forget it. And then two weeks later, you're just like, oh, and this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And yeah. listen up, y'all. Let me tell you about God's love. Listen up, y'all. Let me tell you about... And I was just like, gum. <laughs> like, just God is so good. It's yeah. not like Morgan, man, you really, you really mind over mattered that thing. You really, man, you're a tough cookie. No, it's like Morgan, God loves you so much and he... he your eyes were open to that love. And so, yeah, you're free. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I am just truly so grateful to not be trying to do this by myself. Hmm. I, it's funny because we think pretty highly of ourselves to think that we can muscle through it. Like we'll make it work. We'll smooth things over. Like we'll forgive out of the forgiveness of our good hearts and we'll love out of it. Like we, um, yeah, no, absolutely not. Like that's just not gonna work. Um, and so I am just so, so grateful to not be, living trying to muscle my way through it i'm so grateful to be living not trying to do it on my own because this life that i'm living now is just so much better i think tyler's sister katie describes it really well in saying that it's literally just living lighter i don't live with the weight of my expectations for others my expectations for myself Um, I literally just live knowing that I am good, I am loved, I am worthy, and God sees me as holy and blameless, and I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Christ. Like, that is the crazy thing about this reality. Um, And so I'm just super grateful for it. And Your natural heart before was to never forgive. Yeah. But you got a heart transplant? Your natural heart is to forgive. Your natural heart now, the one that is in you, is to love, is to forgive. You going against that would be going against the heart that God has given you in the spirit. Mm -hmm. 
And so is it hard to forgive? Like I asked you at the beginning. No, it's what your heart wants to do. Yeah. If you decided to hold a grudge, it would be uncomfortable to you Mm -hmm. because the new heart that he's given you doesn't roll like that. The new heart wants it. And so when you say, I don't have to do this on my own, you've got a new heart. Yeah. The heart that he gave you, the one that he lives in. Yeah. Naturally, love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control. Yeah. That's when you act that way, it's unnatural to act another way. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Go ahead and read what you what you got pulled up. Well, is I don't know if you have a final question that you would like to ask us. I had one more thing, but go ahead. Ask ask the question. This might tie in. Okay. Someone's listening to this and they said, Okay, I've heard these podcasts. I feel like I believe what they're saying. I feel like I have an understanding of the gospel. I have an understanding of Romans 6, I think. But yet my life is not changed. I feel like I'm still struggling with forgiveness. I feel like I'm still struggling in general. I still deal with guilt. I still feel shame. Uh, What do I need to do? I don't get this, guys. What would you tell somebody who's thinking that after hearing, you know, border, we're going on six hours of, of your story, which is awesome. <laughs> like, what would you say? And I don't know if this ties into what you wanted to finish out with. Part two of it does. Part one. Huh? So if you haven't died yet, hurry up and die already. Like if you're trying to make the most out of a dead life, out of a dead heart, just stop. Michael Jordan, that old dad. Just stop. <laughs> because you can never make your dead heart come to life. But if you'll just die already. Hmm. Receive your new life in Christ. Believe it and live from it. Um, if, you know, you've been on a journey and you know that you've like been baptized and you knew that that was your old self dying with Christ and coming to life with Christ, then it's a simple one word answer, which is believe. <laughs> like, that's yeah. it. Cause we all believe something. And so if like you're hearing what we're saying and you want to believe it and you think that you do, but I don't really know for sure. I'll just tell you right now, you're believing something else. Mm -hmm. I was believing something else. Tyler was believing something else. And I didn't know what it was until the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. Mm -hmm. And so if you are listening to this podcast and you want this stuff to be true, you really want to believe every word of it, but there's just something about it that doesn't feel right or something about it that's not clicking. um, I just encourage you listener to simply ask your creator um god what am i believing because i want to believe this but there's something keeping me in the way 
And I just want you to tell me what it is because I want, I want this. Mm. I want to live according to the life that I know that you've given me. Um, and just wait for that thing, that lie to be revealed. And when it is, you just, just do what Tyler just described and just confess that that thing is real, but it's really dead is mm. what it is. Thank you that I have been living this way. Thank you for revealing it to me because now I know um, what is not true and what is not true, whatever the Holy Spirit revealed to you. Thank you that, and read Ephesians 1. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so good and then yeah pretty much just gotta believe it gotta believe what this crazy bible says about us because it is true and if you don't believe that it's true about yourself you gotta ask god somebody's gonna listen to this who was in the wrong and specifically hear the part about when i told morgan i had nothing else to tell her and they're gonna hear that part of the story and they're going to want to use that as justification to keep things secret in hopes that things will get better. And I just want to speak very clearly on that really quick because here's the thing. I don't need to defend myself to anybody because I have to stand before God who in Luke chapter 12, Jesus says has the power to destroy my body and soul. And I know I can stand before him with a clear conscience and with boldness and, uh, and know what he thinks of me and I can give an account. Hmm. That being said, if you're thinking and you heard that and you want to try to use my story as an excuse to keep things secret um, then you need to repent hmm. because John three sixteen we know very well. This is what it says. And this is how our lives are now. Like this is why we have this podcast, why we let you pry into the deepest corners of our lives. Hmm. Like what is Richard? He's a, like a nice nosy. What is it? Like, I don't know. What did Jesus say? No, Rachel said that I am a pleasantly nosy person or something like that. (laughs) I got to remember how she said it. This is why we enjoy that you are pleasantly nosy. Okay. So this is after John three, where he tells Nicodemus, you have to be born again. That's Jesus saying, hurry up and die already and receive a new life. Later he says, God so loved the world in this way. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him, will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment or condemnation for anyone who believes in him. I'm going to change the version because I like it when it says condemnation. He who believes in Jesus is not condemned, but he who doesn't believe is condemned already because he hasn't believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation. This is the key thing. This is the condemnation that they're in. That the light has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. 
For everyone practicing evil hates the light and doesn't come to the light, lest his deeds be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Mm. So if your heart is ever positioned in trying to keep your, your deeds secret because you're worried about what people will think if they find out, then you need to hurry up and die already. Mercy. Because ever since God liberated me from sin, all I've wanted to do is tell the entire world just how deep I was in sin so that they could give glory to my Father in heaven who brought me out of death and into life, who brought me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And so I just want to make it very clear that nobody can ever use this story as an excuse to keep on sinning. Mercy. And this is also a testimony as to why we cannot be under law in living by the Spirit. Because under the law, I would have lived by the law, and Morgan would have divorced me two years ago and not received this gospel in the way that she did. Mercy. Because I was living by the Spirit, I was able to fulfill the law. And I'm not blaspheming the scriptures here. Jesus came to fulfill the law in Romans, I think it's 12 verse 8 or 13 verse 8, somewhere around there. It says that this is how we fulfill the law, by loving one another. So, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Well, we fulfill the law now by living in the light, and we testify of every single bit of our lives because it all gives glory to God, and we have nothing to hide because we don't need to defend a dead guy. I think one of the greatest compliments now, and I try to pay my wife this compliment all the time, is when she does something and it's just so obvious that she's doing it from a complete, full, lacking nothing heart. Mm. I'll say, man, you really love me. And it used to be, I would want to tell her, I really love you. But she loves me because she's loved. Mm. So the compliment is to God. Mm. The compliment is like, you have loved my wife so much and she loves me. Mm. And so I, I say that to her all the time. I'm like, man, you love me. And like, I see you guys and it's like, I would kind of, it'd be kind of a stupid question to be like, well, how's your marriage now? (laughs) (laughs) Like you love, and I'm pointing to Morgan, you love Tyler and Tyler, you love Morgan. And that's a compliment to God that he, I don't even know who like how to say like he revealed his love to you guys. It's not a compliment more than it's just like thankfulness and gratefulness. It's like Thanksgiving. Love because he first loved us. Yeah. You guys are just a couple of loved. You're just loved. <laughs> Next time that you have some little sweet thing that you say in the spirit and love to your wife, I would rather you just text me so that I can say it to her without her being like, you just got that from Richard. <laughs> what? <laughs> so many Richard moments. I'd be like, oh my word. It's so Richard of you. <laughs> what is a Richard moment? I just say your things. <laughs> oh man, I I feel like uh, Natalie can say the same thing. 
about you guys, whether I uh, steal from Morgan or steal from Tyler. <laughs> That's awesome. Ain't nothing new under the sun. We're all just loved. <laughs> we're, all just, we're, we're just all walking around here super loved. And whenever we start tripping, it's like when we forget that we're just super loved. Mm-hmm. We said something in his podcast. He's like, whenever you start tripping, just think this. I'm immortal. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that'll put things into uh, perspective. Yeah. The other day, me and Chris were playing worst case scenario. And then we would say things like, I mean, the worst thing that could happen is I've got the Holy Spirit and I live and he was like, I mean, worst case scenario is I manifest love to the entire world because Jesus lives in me. <laughs> like, scenario is, we were just all down this whole thing about, like, I die and then I'm with Jesus forever. Like, that's worst case scenario. It is just one of the beautiful things that we have in Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, let's not trip, y'all. Man, not- I love it. This is probably in, until uh, season three or four of <laughs> Death to Life. I don't know if we're going to have you guys out here again, but man, um, do you want to give a plug to anything? Uh, do you want to say anything while you go out? Where, are you, where do you guys live now? Just real quick rundown after this. Real, real quick, 10 seconds, you guys, like, believed in Jesus. Your lives were changed for a year. You hung out in Lincoln, and then you decided to... What happened? Real quick. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll do the first six months, and then you catch them up from there. So Morgan gets free. Within two weeks, she's preaching in a church in Idaho, and a month after that in Portland. And every month after that, we're just sharing our story at all these different churches. Um, our Bible study fellowship in Lincoln, Nebraska, just all of a sudden blew up. People were free from anxiety, depression. People's ACLs were getting healed. That happened to one person um acl you get an acl you get an acl it was crazy (laughs) it was really really cool stuff covid hit um and then around may we started feeling like something was going to change and from then till now (laughs) okay okay so we felt like something was going to change tyler was kind of feeling something like a church plant and we had considered doing that in lincoln Um, And that just never really felt super right. God never was making that super evident, so we didn't. Um, Then we thought, all right, well, maybe we'll move to Florida and we'll do a lot of the ministry stuff there. There's a ton of young adults. It'll be so fun. We had planned on moving in with my parents. We were going to live in their guest room. Uh, And so we were just super pumped about free I hear that's the move, by the way. That's that's the move. It is what they say. And then I get a call from Jonathan Leonardo asking if we would ever consider moving to Hawaii. Obviously, I would consider it. Who would at least think about it? Um, And he proceeded to tell me that there was a potential job for Tyler that would involve a church and kind of being a ministry leader at that church. And that job included a house that was on the water. And I was obviously very interested at that point. And so about six days later, I had interviewed for a job out here and Tyler had his job. And so we sold pretty much everything and 
we moved to Hawaii. <laughs> so crazy story. Already it's been a crazy story. But our first Saturday at the church here in Hawaii was exactly a year to the day of the day that Morgan got free in that bedroom. Daggum. A year before that, Morgan had decided to divorce me because I was so gung-ho about ministry. Fast forward a year, and Morgan and I are at the church where we are doing full-time ministry to get there for the first time. How wild is that? God's like, oh, for real, Morgan? Oh, for real, though? (laughs) Okay, you move into Hawaii, and you're probably going to say something. Oh, mercy. Yeah. Yo. He's too good, y'all. Yeah, so we're super pumped about it. He's too good. And he'd be good if you were living in Shakopee, Minnesota, or Honolulu, Hawaii. He's good. (laughs) So true. I just prefer it this way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a little warmer. If he says, go to Oklahoma in the middle of nowhere, live in a farmhouse, I'll be perfectly happy, but I will be a little confused. All right. Well, love y'all. Thanks so much. Love you, dude. It's a boom No, I can't, I wait till you approve I got people with me on the other side Spirit on me too bright, I see they tryna ride Coming out for the night, yeah, it's that come alive Coming out for the fight, yeah, we stay alive We stay alive, Hey, hey, put your hands down And we ain't coming questions, yeah, we bend down Creed, I am Adonis, watch the hands now we from thinking broke to living rich now Hey, busting with the twos, you watch me slide now Hey, she look kinda bougie and she bad now Hey, mama think I made it easy, proud now Hey, hey I'm a prince, that's Rakeem, that's Rakeem 23, check the rings, FOG On my feet, on my soul, Jesus Christ set me free, son Only motivation on me now is heavenly Lot of people trying to drain me of this energy I talked to God, told me people's not my enemies I'm cutting ties with the spirits trying to play with me Go shoot. 
Chase out till we make it to the moon It's too late, can't stop it, it's a boom No, I cannot wait till you approve I got people with me on the other side Spirit on me too bright, I see they tryna ride Coming out for the night, yeah, it's that come alive Coming out for the fight, yeah, we stay alive We stay alive, ayy